0: Hey, hon, you have just tuned in to My Boss Circle on your favorite podcast platform. I am your boss host, Alexis Sierra, founder of My Boss Circle and business strategy coach. My Boss Circle podcast empowers a network of women entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to build scalable businesses through boss versations and relationship building. This week on My Boss Circle, we have entrepreneur and nonprofit expert, and my boss friend, Miss Precious Freeman. Welcome, Precious, to the circle. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you, girl. Like, this is going to be really awesome, a great conversation. And we're just excited to have you because this is a different type of uh, industry vertical that we don't really hear a lot about on the entrepreneurship side. So I'm really excited that we can talk about what you're doing. I mean, because you are doing some really amazing things. And I think that the circle could really benefit from your expertise and your background. So I'm really excited to have you.
1: I'm excited to have one of our good conversations because you know we have really good ones. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: definitely. So so what's yeah, what's funny funny about um the boss circle is a boss friend was actually a name that I call precious. So she was actually where boss friend came from.
1: (laughs) I thought you called all your friends (laughs) that.
0: Nope. You were the first one. You were the first one. It started with you. I was like, I was like, okay. I said, I know that she's told me hundreds of times how she she hates how people are like, yes, sis. Hey, sis. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, okay, what's a good name that I could come up with for Precious? And I was like, oh, I know what we all we talk about when we talk to each other is like what we're thinking about doing business wise. And then we get into our personal life. I was like, but a bulk of our conversations are around business. Like I was like, "Okay, I'm just going to start calling her my boss friend. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where it was birthed from. And now we have my boss circle where we are having conversations and boss-versations with some of my boss friends. So, yeah, girl, thanks for being the inspiration behind me. (laughs) Yes,
1: you're welcome. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, um, this, this friend that I have on this week, my boss friend, Precious, we have actually known each other since we were very, very young. I think I was maybe like 14 when we met each other. So, we have been longtime friends, more like family. Yeah. I mean, we literally grew up together. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited because this is a conversation that we just have on a regular. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for all the nuggets that are going to come out of this. So let's just get into it. Tell us a little bit about your background, Precious, and your business.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I think starting from how we met, I mean, we met at church. And yeah. my, my background career-wise is ministry. And um, I think that's how I was able to transition into nonprofit work so easily. So I worked in ministry for nine years, although that before then, I knew you as the uh, amazing singing diva (laughs) at church. Um, But yeah, I worked in ministry for nine years. And then during that time, I was approached about becoming the executive director of a Black History Museum. I didn't want to leave my role in ministry, um, and I'd started a business doing uh corporate childcare. So we would do after school programs and summer programs and um a lot of people don't know this we even would send nannies to hotel rooms to watch wow. travelers children while they went out to events or whatever. Yeah, it was like so that's kind of dangerous now <laughs> when i think about it. But we were, we just thought it was really cool and they were doing things like that in Orlando um and other tourist destinations. So we just thought we'd give it a try. And so we were doing that and I was trying to get on with the school systems in our area. And, and so at the same time, this opportunity comes to take over this museum and I didn't want to leave my role. So I suggested, hey, I have a company doing corporate child care. If you guys will let me focus on your educational programming uh, and basically your programming for children, then it would still feel on mission for me. And I would be willing to write it in the contract that I hire someone to be our floor manager so I can continue in ministry and we can also run the museum. And that was eight years ago. And so that's how we had this huge shift from corporate childcare, which is what we thought we were going to be doing. We thought that was going to be our complete identity to nonprofit wow. management. And it's kind of cool how your purpose and your mission in life mm-hmm. can tie together. So it, it could look like, man, she really pivoted, but really it felt mm-hmm. seamless. Because um, we immediately jumped right in and started programming for kids. So that's what we've been doing for eight years. We, we took on that nonprofit. Um, and then I had the chance to work with a couple of larger nonprofits to do some friend raising. Um, I'm not a huge fundraiser because, like, Sierra, well, I guess it's Alexis. I, now that's how you know how long I've known you. <laughs> if yes, I call you exactly. by your middle name. Um, but I caught myself. <laughs> Alexis knows that I have had to um, call you on many occasions about closing deals and making sales. And I'm just not like some people have it so naturally and that's definitely you. And that's why you're the person to call um, when a person in business needs to learn how to close a deal. (laughs) Look, I'm just telling the truth. Um, For me, what I've found is I'm really good at making friends for organizations. And as you know, friendships Mm -hmm. can go a very long way too. And so you may not be able to um, close a deal on a $10,000 ask, but you could ask for the very thing that's going to cost Mm $10,000 and still get that. And, um, and I've done a lot of that, um, for nonprofits over the years. So, um, yeah, that's what I've started focusing on. And in the ministry, I did a lot of marketing PR communications. And so I just brought that along with me as well. And that has actually become our bread and butter is basically getting the word out for nonprofits that we work with about their missions Um, any of their new initiatives. We work with municipalities, political figures, uh, foundations. Um, Yeah, we've been able to do some really cool work. And I I think hopefully we'll be able to continue doing great work. I love it.
0: I love it. I love it. So I love how you were. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know, I do. I I love how you were able (laughs) to really take the background that you already had in ministry and to, like you said, pivot mm-hmm. and more, more so transition into what your actual business would be. So basically, you were able to birth the business yeah. model from that. Because, I mean, to start with the childcare yep. piece and then kind of move that into the nonprofit space, talk about a pivot. <laughs> but, but it all right. works <laughs> That's That's when you know it. And it felt yes, natural. Exactly. Yeah. That's when you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, when it, it just comes easy and natural you know, that's how, you know, it's the right, it's the right Mm -hmm. step to take, you know? So, so tell us a little bit about some of the steps that you took to build, um, your business BFC management now, especially after coming from that childcare side.
1: Well, I jumped right in and I think that's a, that's a blessing and a curse. So it's funny, I'll tell you the steps I took and then I'll tell you the steps I should have taken. So I just did it. I, I, I was a sole proprietor so I was, um, you know, precious Freeman doing business as, and then, um, about a year into it, I started an LLC. Uh, I jumped into, uh, an office space rental immediately. I mean, I've always been obsessed with offices though. I mean, I had an office in my bedroom when I was like eight years old. So I had to have one <laughs> just creating overhead for yourself. Like those are the steps I took and those are the steps I wish I wouldn't have taken. Uh, and that was again, mm-hmm. very early on, but, um, let's see, I got an office. I've, I've always been one to invest in having people to help me. So I've always had staff. I've, I've never attempted to do this on my own. Um, and that's wow. something I actually don't regret, but uh, maybe not going so hard so fast. <laughs> and I haven't ever had to make decisions <laughs> to cut people because of financial reasons, but um, still, maybe that wasn't the best route to take initially. Um, hmm. But and that being willing to invest in help and not needing to take all the money out of your business immediately to, to handle your own bills, I think um, is a, is the best gift you can give your business. Uh, So I'm glad that I did it, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't kept my full-time job. So I would really encourage people, depending on what you're doing, if you're Mm -hmm. struggling in the beginning, as far as startup capital, it's best to keep your nine to five and transition out that way. Mm-hmm. Um. Now the steps I should have taken <laughs> mm-hmm. that I ended <laughs> that I have been able to take now that we've grown a lot and I've been, gotten more clear headed and met up with some great mentors and learned so much just over the last ten years. Uh, I should have hired an accountant before I did anything else. Before I had my own office, yeah, girl. Pr- before you even have your business cards, you get, find you someone who's going to manage. Because even to purchase your business cards, that's an expense. Mm-hmm. You need someone to manage your expenses, to manage your um, income for you. Like just to, Not to be your personal financial advisor, but just to, on paper, manage these transactions so that you're reporting out every mm-hmm. month. And even if you only made a dollar profit and it was your first month, you know that. And if you lost a dollar, you know that. Yeah. So you always have a gauge on where you are in business and where you need to be and what type of goals you should be setting. Uh, I know that now, but I didn't know that back then. Mm. So I would have, I wouldn't have started without an accountant, also an attorney. So where I am now, obviously I have a CPA, I have an attorney. Um, I have, uh, an office manager, which I use that term loosely because no, there's no offices to manage right now during this pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So we've created virtual offices and she manages those, but, um, uh, making sure that if you're the type who could let things fall through the cracks, which I'm a creative, I can be all over the mm-hmm. place. If you're going to invest in a team member, invest in someone who's going to keep you organized. And there's so many ways to do that virtual assistants and stuff these days. But yeah, so those are some of the basic steps, no matter who you are and what you do in business, uh, you're going to need an accountant. Uh, and yeah. at some point you'll need an attorney. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Because I mean that whole yeah. the filing the taxes part. Oh my gosh. If you do Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. have an accountant, you will really not know um, some of the things that you can write off and the things that you can't write off. And then you've already purchased them. And now you've wasted a lot of (laughs) of money and credits that you could have received in your business. Just, you know, because you just don't know. Yep.
1: You just don't know. And insurance. And so working. But I knew that early on as far as insurance, because I wasn't going to take my chances working with children. So. Mm-hmm. just having a policy that covered me and my team members and uh, that was really important early on yeah.
0: yeah definitely that's really really important and I think that a lot of times uh both entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs automatically think that insurance is going to be like their highest um, ticket when it comes to bills every right. month. they're like oh no I can't afford insurance dah, 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 dah. but what what sometimes you end up finding out is that the insurance is actually based on what type of business you have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can, you can always do monthly payments. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, just some yep. general liability insurance can cost you as little as $20 a month just to keep yourself protected. And that's like a million dollars in coverage. You know what I mean? So that covers like attorney fees. If you get
1: sued. I've had some crazy stuff. like, <laughs> so what you're saying is a good point. Like, don't be afraid to reach out to an insurance company and find out. And I'm sure you have plenty of suggestions of who they should reach out to. But, um, cause that is definitely your specialty, (laughs) but, um, I would suggest people just not be afraid to reach out. We were, we knew we had to do it. And even when it came back, it was not cheap because we were doing inflatables every week. We were taking the kids on Field trips every. Mm. Um, I had men working with children who knew that was going to cost a little bit more. Isn't that wild? Yes. Y'all mean, what do you think of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but we, but we yeah. also paid um, a little bit of a chunk up front to get the monthly amount down, which helped. But um, yeah. Very Insurance smart. Yeah.
0: Very very smart. hmm hmm. It's it's really important. So I I think I think that most. Most people just don't know, hey, you can actually try to get it as affordable mm-hmm. as possible. But it's really important to have it because y- this is your first this is your first time doing business on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure that you are protected. I always tell people, like when I was writing insurance, like when it comes to car insurance, if you do not have car insurance, you are driving around with all your assets on that's the hood of
1: true. your that's car.
0: Think about your house. Your car, your family, your income—that you may get in from, you may be getting from your job or from your business—all of that stuff is on the hood of your car. If you don't have that liability insurance, so you want to make sure that you're not—you're you're not just right. getting the bare minimum. You need to get what's really going to cover you. You got to be even a good having yourself. that little
1: good faith add-on too. I don't know. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. go into more details. But yep. Just knowing that if you had to, you could. It it help, it'll help you in a in a small bind. You can make some stuff go away. With mm-hmm. <laughs> the good faith, add-on. yes, anyway. <laughs> you can, you can.
0: That was, listen, look at you. Look, you can tell you got a boss friend that's in the insurance. <laughs> 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 I love it. Yes, good faith. A lot of people don't know about the good faith add on, so definitely look that up. Ask your insurance, um, ask your insurance agent about it. If you need to get business insurance, you have to go to someone who is licensed in property and casualty. That's the same person who is able to write your auto and home insurance. That same exact agent can write business insurance. They're already licensed to do it. So whoever your insurance agent is, just reach out to them and say, hey, I need to get some liability insurance. And you'll be able to tell them what type of business you have. And they'll they'll be able to tell you what's available to you the same way you would on getting a quote for any other personal insurance. Um. So I know you spoke a little bit about um investing in there. So what would you say your startup capital kind of how you how you went about figuring out, okay, how am I going to get this funding to start this, especially when you had um the daycare portion, the childcare portion when you were actually doing that with the nanny situation. Yeah. What was your approach to getting your funding?
1: Well, I, I know that everyone will not have this option, but we've sold some stock. Smart. See? A lot of people don't think about that. It was some stock options through my husband's job, so, and we started just with a five thousand dollar investment. Um,
0: wow! And I
1: know everyone won't have that option, but that was available to us. And maybe some people don't connect those dots that so they can um, pull from stock, but that's what we did. I mean, yeah, that's pretty simple. <laughs> now, when it came to turning nice. into uh, working in nonprofit. I think I didn't really have to have a lot up front, I, really anything except for my insurance. And I'd already invested in the insurance through, you know, working with children. So
0: That's two different perspectives, which is really good. So it gives you the, you really don't need startup money when it comes to like building out that nonprofit side, but then you do need the startup, especially if you're going to uh, you know, start any type of business where you're actually offering a service to people. You know, so I think that's really important.
1: What did you think? Have, I don't think we've ever no. even talked about that. So I was trying to ask no, you, like, what did you talk
0: think about that, that was
1: about to say? I do remember that.
0: We did. See, we talk about so much stuff we don't even remember. Oh, okay. But I okay. remember when you started that business. Like, let's talk about this journey of entrepreneurship and motherhood because I think that it is so dope that you are doing this interview and you are on full-blown maternity leave. Just gave birth to another baby. How many weeks ago? Four. And when is maternity leave
1: anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we get that when we're on four.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about that because you have, this is like the ultimate work-life balance um, from motherhood to marriage and to entrepreneurship. How has that process, what does that look like for you? Like, give us, give us kind of an overall picture because I think this is the part where a lot of people don't talk, they don't talk about this part of entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. they like to show the success and the glam that it comes with. Yes, I am a boss, I have my own business, but what is it really like when you're doing all of this and also balancing motherhood and marriage?
1: Well, in the beginning, it was horrible because I was trying to be a superhero. So I was doing mm. doing it all and I, I wasn't mm. getting any rest. And I remember um, the first year I did a summer camp, I actually broke out in hives all over my whole body. Um, wow. And that was why, just think I forgot about that for a second. Um, I was just really <laughs> stressed out. And one night I was up on Twitter and it was like three o'clock in the morning because. Mommy and entrepreneur, so there's no reason why I was up at three, <laughs> but all the reasons because you <laughs> try to get things done when it's quiet. Um, and and I wrote, uh, I noticed that there was a woman who was the director of diversity and inclusion for, I think it was like Swiss Bank or something. It was an international bank, and wow. I saw that she was up, so I tweeted her, and I'm like, "How do you do it? Like, how are you handling your family?" And this amazingly important job that you have. And I was shocked that she wrote me back immediately and said that I could have it all, but just not all at once. And Mm. that kind of gave me permission to, to, to slow down a little bit and not think that I had to reach all of my goals before I turned 30. And I mean, obviously Mm. I'm now I'm 36. So now you would have this new (laughs) stressor that, oh my God, by the time I'm 40, I have to have this done and that done. And. Now yeah. I'm kind of going at my own pace and, um, and that's the only way. So it being forgiving myself every day, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep up with a calendar, but that's not always going to happen. Uh, and just show myself some grace when, when I can't keep it all organized. And, and if I end the day and it feels like I wasn't bare enough for my children or my husband, um, I can just stop and hug someone and sit down and watch tv with them or ask them about their day i can i can still course correct it so slowing down and forgetting myself often (laughs) is making a difference Mm -hmm. and then remembering that i'm doing this for all of them
0: exactly Mm -hmm. because you have to connect that why to that you have to connect your why to the work-life balance And that's how you make it work. Mm -hmm. Like, I always tell people work-life balance isn't really, it's not a real thing. (laughs) It's impossible. It's something that you have to create. Yeah, yeah. You have to create your own version of it. And with balance,
1: things would have to be the same. Like, I can't, how do I balance my loved ones with a a career? They don't weigh the same. Mm. Like, my family... It's going to outweigh that every time. So there's no such thing as being able to balance it. Yeah. That's just a mess.
0: Yeah, it it definitely is.
1: I try (laughs) to get deep on you. I try to get deep.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But I mean, it's so, so true. I'll never forget the conversations that I've had with my mentor where I have called her and I am walking out of my office and I'm getting in the car in the parking deck while I was building my agency, and I was just boo hooing on the phone. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm spending enough time with my son. And I just feel like I I feel like today, I feel like a bad mother. (laughs) And she's like, you have to be willing to have those honest moments with yourself. It's kind of like where you check yourself. And you're like, okay, what can I do where I am consciously trying to make sure that I spend the time that I need to spend with my son, whether it's turning off my laptop for uh, during a certain time of the day or turning off my phone so that I could just give him my undivided attention. You know, like, this is mommy, mommy and son time. So I purposely started doing little dates with my little boy, and whether whether we were going skating or we were going to the movies or just going to get sushi because I have a bougie child. <laughs> <laughs> like, (laughs) it was like little simple stuff like that where I was just very conscious of making sure, okay, I'm going to set aside time every day where no one can talk to me about business and I'm just all about family right now. And listen, I know you do it because you do it, you do it pretty often. And when I call you, you're like, okay, I'm having family time. I'm like, yes, for the family time. (laughs) she's like girl I'm gonna call you I'm gonna call you as soon as family time is over we're gonna talk about everything that you want to talk about I'm like okay listen girl I get it I'm like you can't like I mean you have to do that and you have to be unapologetic Mm -hmm. about it because that you have to like you said they don't weigh the same so you have to make sure that you're setting aside that much needed time because who cares about how successful you're going to be if when you get to the top, nobody's right. here to celebrate it with you. You know, you you have to nurture those relationships and, you know, really kind of take, put those things first over your business a lot of times. It's it's all about creating your own version yep. of the balance. I agree with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so what I want you to do now is talk a little bit about Kind of one of my favorite things for us to talk about, because talk about dropping jewels on your boss friends. Like, I'll never forget the day that you told me all about building my, a, a nonprofit oh, yeah. and a foundation for my own business, especially if, if I'm wanting to do things um, where I have to get sponsors yeah. and getting people to be able to work with me. Um, and you know, kind of some of the incentives. Well, really, uh, I just started noticing that's that how a lot
1: that. of large corporations were getting it done. They're giving to themselves. They're taking, they're taking a portion of their abundance, their profit. That you know, someone would come knocking on their door and asking for something. Um, they're taking that those dollars and putting it into their own um, nonprofit, which means that they're supporting their own initiatives and the things that they care about, and they're getting a tax write-off. So I don't think you can lose. <laughs> I don't think you can lose. I'm just. Mm. And I actually, um, in 2017, (laughs) um, I partnered with um, BBVA and went around the state of Alabama doing nonprofit conferences. And that was one of the things that we talked about during one of the locations, Mm -hmm. it may have been Montgomery. Um, We we always had a luncheon and we bring in uh, a local expert to that city to talk about the state of their nonprofit industry and their community. And it was one of the locations where we discussed uh, a lot of large corporations starting their own foundations and how this would become your new competition. Because the very folks who were writing you large checks are now going to be writing themselves large checks. So, uh, how are you going to replace that revenue? But also, how are you going to make yourself more enticing to them where they'd want to partner with you? And perhaps maybe you could partner with their foundation. Um, But yeah, I believe it uh, definitely. I believe families should have, and I'll speak. It, the african-american family I, I think that a family should start a nonprofit and use it to create scholarships for the next generation in their family even if the scholarship just pays for books or college applications it's not easy mm. to get family buy-in on that because everyone wants to know who's going to manage the funds and wow. you know how much and who decides which cousins get <laughs> get approved mm-hmm. but um i just i think that it's a way to, there's a, that is a vehicle to create generational wealth uh, but anyway Yeah, that's my opinion. It's not very lengthy. It's just I think that it's a good idea to set yourself up to be able to partner with people, uh, for folks to be able to support you and and have a tax write-off as well. Because there are people who really don't care um, much about where the money goes as long as they can write it off. You have people who they want to give based on their passions, and then there are just folks who are like, I need a place to put this money (laughs) on December 31st so that I can be good to go when it's tax time. So being prepared for that is a good idea. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I think that's so awesome. Um, Cause I, I remember sharing that with a few of my friends um, who do events and conferences and things. And a lot of times you don't even realize that you have an audience that some of these corporations and banks want to get in front of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so having that nonprofit side allows you to get those sponsorship dollars because a lot of corporations and banks aren't, aren't giving a lot of nonprofit dollars to businesses particularly. They, they rather give them to the nonprofit. So why not have your LLC or incorporation um, along with the nonprofit side? Like it's so simple and easy to do. Um, you can go wh- where can where can they go to kind of look up and what's the name of that specific um, nonprofit that more small business owners? Should
1: use? Oh, I mean, it's just they're getting getting their 501c3 tax exempt status through the IRS. So setting up a nonprofit corporation and then just getting tax exempt. And you can use a consultant to do it. Uh, you can I would. I would tell you to use an accountant and an attorney because we want to make sure that your bylaws are on point, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that what you submit to the IRS gets approved. An accountant can help you with that because you have to submit your first year's budget. Um, but if you if you think you have the knowledge to do it, and you have a, a team of people, maybe perhaps your future board members, who are going to be able to be very helpful in the process, then you can use LegalZoom.com, and it's pretty inexpensive. I just think you should have a little bit of knowledge going mm-hmm. into it but uh yeah you can go right into uh 501c3 tax exempt status and uh and get started and that takes about 10 months to get back so i would say get started i wonder how long it's going to take this year <laughs> i hadn't even thought of that but yeah if you know if some events coming up in oh, 2021 yeah, yeah 2020 is canceled point. first of all so <laughs> yes. awesome. So <laughs> get started today, so that you can be set up for next year. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's over. Completely
0: canceled. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm already in planning mode for 2021, as if we are in oh, October. Of already. course, you are. That's when I plan for the next year. The same time. Of corporation. course, you are.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You already know. <laughs> So tell me this. What have you learned from some mm. of your greatest flops? Basically, the stuff that you did not do well in um, when you first kind of took this approach Ooh. to entrepreneurship.
1: Well, I covered some of my... Yeah, no! girl! <laughs> okay, That's a good what else do you have it? in your back pocket? <laughs> Golly! <laughs> 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 okay, so I made a huge payroll tax mistake early on um i had a team member mm. who when she filled out her w4 she did not exempt enough um well no she provided she put down too many exemptions because she she was raising a lot of children and so she was mm. not paying enough federal taxes for what she was used to getting back on her tax return and so when she filed she okay. was freaking out because she wasn't going to get as much money she was counting on getting back, and so I let her switch up her exemptions as if she had, as if she had actually been, as if I had been withholding more. And um, I mean that is the dumbest thing on the planet. When I when I say it out loud to wow. so, <laughs> myself, like, what the what? But let me tell you, when you're when you are a person who cares so much about your people. Yeah. Um, you could end up making some mistakes looking out for them and not yeah. looking out for your business. And so at the time I just felt so bad that she was freaking out and I was thinking, Oh, well, it won't cost me too much more to just pay more into what I should have been withholding. Had she not had mm-hmm. so many w- exemptions. And so I, I went along with it and the IRS does not play about payroll taxes and your <laughs> penalty. I kid you not whatever you owe, like whatever you did not pay into, um, you will, they will double it. Oh my God! So, <laughs> so, I've I'm already <laughs> cried. I cried about it back then years, years ago. I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> so one of my biggest flops, but I think it's a big bigger picture issue, which is being a people pleaser as an entrepreneur, as a leader of your company. Um, you just gotta, yeah. you got to protect the business and, um, and you can't feel like you're this, you know, um, Scrooge or whatever, just because you do care about the bottom line. Yeah. There's a way to love people mm-hmm. and love your company and, and do right by both. And the only way to do that is to be mm-hmm. clear upfront on, Hey, so what, I got this from meet Edgar. So meet Edgar is a social media platform. Um, but they have their employee handbook available to the public for free online. And and so you can just Google that. It's one of the most amazing handbooks I've ever read. And it's written, their team works from home. So for today, it's perfect. Yeah. You can get a lot of policies out of it. So, um, it's a very laid back approach and I use theirs and then we put it with our, you know, our super stressful big boy handbook. But, um, they call, it, they call it the rules for the road. So it's very simple. Like, this is how we are. This is who we are. This is how we interact with our team members. This is what we expect from you. Now let's have fun. And I wished it on the front end. Mm-hmm. I would have, first of all, known who I was and who I was going to be in business because you show up differently now as the mm-hmm. leader of your company than you do when you're just hanging out with your, your friend Alexis. You know, it's like, it's, it's yeah. two worlds. And I wish I would have realized I can't shoot the breeze all day. And, um, mm-hmm. and I have to, again, have a, a, some boundaries and lines that are drawn where, Hey, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, but this is what you did when you feel like you W4. So next year, how yeah. about oh, we don't do it like that? Um, because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I ended up letting her do it twice and that's when I really oh. I, I <laughs> you didn't learn the first time <laughs> well, I didn't know what the lesson was I didn't even know what the lesson was that's why I told you you have to get you have to have an accountant because you think this is just still putting some numbers in some boxes <laughs> no, this is, no uh, this is this is a serious <laughs> business and so I actually use a, a PEO now and so there okay. it was like the Pandora's box of lessons but I learned that uh, I'm, I can be too nice. I learned that I have to be clear on who I am up front. I learned that at the end of the day, though, I'm still probably going to choose people over myself and my business sometimes. So I need to have third parties in mm-hmm. place who are going to be the hard nose. And so I actually hired a yep. PEO, which is a professional employer organization. And I was using a local yes. company, but I, I found JustWorks, which if you have like two or more employees and mm-hmm. you can use JustWorks, and they are amazing. They do, um, uh, let's see, sexual harassment trainings, diversity and inclusion trainings. All of this is available online through a portal. They've kept up with all the COVID nineteen stuff for me. Um, if if an employee has uh, wages being garnished, the garnishment goes through them, and they contact them and let them know, hey, this is how this is about to go down. I don't have to handle any of the HR. Um, well, that side of HR, I, I still have to do my annual reviews I have to do the appraisals for our team members but Mm -hmm. the hardest parts I don't have to stress about so much so um I think that was one of my biggest yeah um and then another one would be um hiring friends hiring friends oh um, (laughs) yes can (laughs) work for you or it can really tear your personal life apart so if, I would suggest keeping things mm-hmm. separate as much as you can. Do business with your friends. Like, if you yeah. have a business, you know, I would call up my friend and say, hey, I need some graphic design work, and I want to hire your company. But to hire your friend, and try to leave mm-hmm. them every day. Um, it, it's, yeah. Hard. Hard. My best friend and I, <laughs> we are best friends for uh, 17 years. And she worked my summer camp one year, and BFF Precious and uh, new entrepreneur Precious were not the same. And I almost lost my best friend. <laughs> <I> almost <laughs> lost her. I love her. See? <laughs> I was wrong half the time, you know, because you're making mistakes. <laughs> yep, you are. You and so really, I don't want to really practice on my friends. I got to practice on some people who I may not. It'll be, be okay exactly. if we go our separate ways. Exactly. But anyway, those are a couple of my biggest flops. <laughs> I'm sure I could think of a hundred more, but those are a couple of
0: the ones that came top of mind. Oh my gosh. Yeah, listen, and I completely agree. Like that was one of my flops was hiring friends. And you know what? It's, it's like, I should have learned my own lesson because I kind of already knew that I wasn't going to hire any family and then you or friends it. when I first started my business. <laughs> And then I did it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and I will never. Because they're familiar, you're so safe. Uh, I mean, be- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you're like, yeah, because you know, I know that you're gonna look out for my business the way you would your That's own. What you think. That's <laughs> what you
1: think, right? Because mm-hmm, the same way that like business Alexis isn't the same as BFF Alexis. Um, I would say like mm-hmm. employee best friend may not be the same as <laughs> your regular best friend. You know, we put on different hats. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we do. I mean, cuz I'll never forget. I had to fire I had to fire my friend like I just remember the the, the typical conversation that you're supposed to be having with your boss yeah. was not the type of conversation <laughs> she was having. Me. I'll never forget. She called me one night. <laughs> I'll never forget. She called me one night and she was like um hey friend and I was like oh hey and she was like so listen I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to do this <laughs> but I mean like this is really not like I feel like this is the lowest level I've been at in my entire oh, no. career working for you and I'm like wait so what now because you're my assistant <laughs> yeah look it's different she was like great. I just feel like yes yeah, she was like, I just feel like I'm oh, better than no. this. And I was like, "Uh, do I say, do I say, <laughs> yeah, friend, I agree <laughs> with you? Or friend, don't you right. need a
1: job? Like, you don't See, want but to he tell told me that, that you, that you that need a job. So that's why I right told me. you that as her <laughs> friend. <laughs> You're not supposed <laughs> to know that as her boss. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly.
0: But there was mm-hmm. no line. There was no line there. And I mean, and she just showed up just looking crazy every day. I'm like, do you not see me in my in my Sir Algernon designer suit today, and you are over here in some flip-flops from Old Navy? <laughs> like, and with like, uh-uh. Oh, the only no. thing she was missing was a bunny. <laughs> oh, no. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this cannot be happening. I'll never forget trying to have an yeah, HR no. conversation yeah. with a friend. It was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like. Because it was, like, combative. They're just going to be combative. So, yeah, it's basically some of this story. I had to fire her.
1: <laughs> and, oh, no. and I
0: did lose that friend.
1: Well, because I was wrong <laughs> half the time. And my friend, my best friend is still, like, she goes in between being my sister, mm-hmm. my mother, my aunt. Like, she, we met the first day of college. And I, I remember we were in these little breakouts and we had to introduce ourselves, and I said, my name is Precious, and I'm going to go buck wild. And she said, (laughs) she literally said that at the table. (laughs) And she was like, okay, note to self, I have to keep up with that girl, because she's not going to be okay. My friend had been on, she'd been working as a missionary right out of high school, so she didn't come to college until she was 23, and I was 18. So she kept up with me from the first day of school, and we have looked out for each other ever since, but um yeah so i think she just put on her other hat like okay i'm going to have to mother this girl cuz she is, <laughs> she is like a tyrant at work but we know we can't work together we can partner but we yeah we can't work together okay.
0: the lesson these are some great <laughs> great lessons learned number 1 do not play with the irs okay mm-hmm. like i mean <laughs> <laughs> you will get right. audited. Okay. I had to learn that the hard way. And don't be
1: out there just. <laughs> I right was didn't even tell that story because I don't want <laughs> I don't want them to know I'm talking about them. <laughs> was tell me exactly. Story. Okay. <laughs> First year in business,
0: straight audit. I was like, yeah, so <laughs> I won't do that again. Really? Yeah, girl, I'll never forget it. Cause oh, I didn't have God. a CPA, like you said. I didn't have an accountant. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I got in Look. Yeah, and I didn't expect to do as well as I did too. You remember when I first? Started? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't doing that well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I learned. That's a hard probably
0: thing. why. Yeah, I went through a whole year, and listen, they will come back and get you five to six years later. Don't think that you got away.
1: <laughs> right. No, it's not.
0: Yeah. Uh. 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 It's very, very smart. You should definitely that. That was my great. That was another flop for me not having an accountant or a cpa first year in business it's never too early and this is
1: i hate the i don't even i don't like to mess with people's money their hustle so i i i get nervous to even say this but we already said before the call that we would try to be you know as just as truthful and honest as we can be while we're on the call mm-hmm. um um okay yeah precious just say it It's okay for tax businesses to pop up once a year, and for two or three months, and do your taxes if you don't have a lot going on. But choose a tax professional who is open year round, who does tax planning. That's why I said a CPA and not just oh, get someone to do your taxes. Um, if you're if you have a lot of complex things going on, and typically if you start an LLC, you're going to um. Yeah, just make sure you're using someone who's legit.
0: That makes absolute perfect sense. I mean, it, what, what we want to make sure that is clear here is it is totally fine for you to start um, your tax business during the tax season every year. But when it comes to uh, an entrepreneur having a CPA or accountant, those are two different things because you do need somebody who's available all year round, who actually has done all these continuing education um, certifications and all this great stuff that makes them that subject matter expert that can really help that entrepreneur. That is what they are there for. You know, you need somebody that you can just have access to. So I completely agree with that statement. Those should be two different things. Like, if you want to get your personal taxes done um, with someone who does have kind of a, a pop-up uh, tax office at the beginning of at the beginning of the year, every year, that's totally fine. But when it comes to your business, you do need to go and see someone who's an expert. You told not you yes. didn't tell a single lie. Completely.
1: <laughs> Look, and if you ask around, because um, working with CPAs who work with the wealthy, mm-hmm. that's your best bet. Oh, they're gonna know all, all the tips, tricks, loopholes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, get you somebody with super experienced. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And also, get you a financial advisor too. Like, let's not forget mm-hmm. the financial advisors because once you start, once you start to make money, and even when you're in the beginning of making money, you're just starting to see your profit. and You want to figure out where to reinvest it. Um, like you were talking about earlier, how you were able to use stock options that you had and sell off some stock Mm -hmm. to get your startup money. You probably have those same opportunities from, especially for my entrepreneurs who have a daytime uh, gig. And that means that you're putting stuff in your 401k or you're doing a Roth IRA and all of this stuff um, that you're actually buying stock in where you can actually use some of that gain to start your business. That's kind of where your financial advisor and CPA and the attorney that that's your power team that's your first boss team yep. right there and don't forget your insurance agent because those people should be the first core people that you hit up when you say okay I want to start a business um you know how can I find the funding how do I go about doing this so that I can make sure my taxes are correct you know what type of insurance do I need all of that. And then you should be best buddies with your banker. Cause I know you talked about BBVA earlier. So for those of you who don't know, um, that is a bank
1: and it's always good to have a bank in your back pocket. You're in your process. Oh yeah. BBVA is, a, is an international bank too. So you'll see them if you, well, once this is over and people get back to traveling again, you'll see them all over the world. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Having a personal relationship with your banker is something that we uh, aren't typically taught in the African-American community that, that it's necessary, mm-hmm. but we always hear it's not what you know, it's who you know, right. but that's all we hear. That's it. Um, okay. So this applies to that. <laughs> it definitely matters. I mean, it goes a long way to know the people who are reviewing your applications. and um, It does. Well, mainly that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the people who got the PPP part. loan approved quickly had relationships with their bank. Mm-hmm. They had relationships with their bank.
0: Yeah, they do. They definitely have a relationship yeah. with their bank. And a lot of times you can just come in with your business plan and an idea, and they can base it off of what type of income you may have had personally or how well you've managed your money personally as well and say, okay, hey, this mm-hmm. is that good faith yep. loan. You know, we're going to invest yeah. in you. So that's why that stuff is really important. You know, buying it when you buy your your home, that kind of helps you build that relationship with the mortgage broker um, who may be in the bank or totally separate from the bank as well, because you may want to get into that commercial real estate. And ju- I mean, especially like Precious, because listen, Precious has had some pretty bomb offices. Let me just state that.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's kind of embarrassing, but it, but then I'm proud of it at the same time. <laughs>
0: yes. And I have watched you flip some very, very common places that mm-hmm. wouldn't normally be a specific place that I would actually think, okay, this is going to be my office. I mean, like, it's all about the the build out and coming up, using that creative side to really make something that's really not, you know, considered a lot and turn it into something amazing. So I think yeah. that's, that's really, really important. You do not have to have a high rise for your first office space. <laughs> like you you just don't. And, and then, and a lot of times uh, with the entrepreneurs, one of the, one of the best things to do, especially if you're in a place, a, a big metro area. Um, and I know they also have one in certain parts of non-metro areas as well. Is get you a, a works a shared workspace? Just rent rent that like out. Regis or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Regis. You have WeWork. All those different mm-hmm. types of places. That's what that 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 space is there so that you're not meeting with people at a Starbucks. Because listen, Starbucks is packed all the time and it's loud <laughs> all the time. <laughs> So that's where it's worth it to make those investments in those workspaces because it gives you a quiet place to be able to be creative and develop your business Mm -hmm. and your brand. But it also adds that extra level of professionalism when you're able to rent out some of those private offices and the conference rooms. So even when you're doing your virtual presentations, listen, invest in some green screen backgrounds. Like, You can go on Amazon and get a green screen for about 20 bucks. Hang it up in your, in your living room and just go online and look for all the free green screen and inexpensive green screen JPEGs out there. So when you're doing your zoom meetings, we don't need to see you in your bed. (laughs)
1: I was about to say, look, I go to my office even now when I have like a big Zoom presentation, mm-hmm. but I'll be on a staff meeting and we got pillows in the background, headboards. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Oh I think gosh. it makes you do yourself differently too when, you, when you're when you going to work. You know, yeah. like when you're going to that dedicated space, I think mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not only adds a level of credibility, but it makes you feel more confident. Like, you know what? I'm doing business. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, it's a win-win.
0: Yeah, it is. It really is. And get dressed every day, because I know we're all in virtual mode. (laughs) We're like in yoga pants all day. Sometimes I just get up and just put on a full face of makeup and get super dressed up just to sit on a conference call where it's not even a video. Yep, (laughs) because you want to feel. like, you're in that But do you get thing. called
1: out for doing that? Like, when I do that, people on the call will be like, girl, why are you so dressed up for? Like, they don't call you out for, for getting <laughs> cute will. for the Zoom call. They will, but like <laughs> Our standards have gone down.
0: Our standards have gone completely down. Because <laughs> I was really bad during, like, the first couple of weeks of quarantine. I mistakenly got on a video call that I didn't realize was going to be video in my onesie still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! And I was like, "Wait, you need to see me?" I thought this was gonna be. (laughs) Oh Oh, my goodness! I had my onesie on. I was like, "Well, okay." I mean, here we are. Here we are. So yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Don't be me. Do not do
1: that. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah. So you know, you just because the rules still apply, and as women in business, um, and as African-Americans in business for you and I, for sure, but as women in business, mm-hmm. we're still going to have to work harder. There's still, right. this, there's still a, an a, an income gap between mm-hmm. men and women that we're still seen as we're never professional enough. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, yes, recently I had a, um, I had someone in business. I was, um, I, I challenged them a little bit and the pushback was, Oh, are you being hormonal? Wow. I just, wow. We need a moment of silence. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's hard to say you're not being hormonal when you're on the Zoom call with a with your scarf tied in the front and mm-hmm. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. on the same pajamas you had on for three Zoom calls in a row. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> those are facts, pure facts. Yeah, I mean, it's listen because I find myself. Even um, you know, I, I'll tap, I'll tap one of the other women on the shoulder during a Zoom call and text them and say, um, "Hey, girl, hey, <laughs> you're being <laughs> bad aggressive." <laughs> like, oh, I'll, do you? Yes, I do it. I do it pretty often too. Listen, and, and women—that's nice of you,
1: though, because you can come across kind of you know it's different when it's not in person. So mm-hmm. that's nice of you to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I don't want you to embarrass yourself. And because I'm paying attention to the body language of other people on the call Mm -hmm. and they're looking like why is she being so combative Mm -hmm. and you don't even realize it just because I mean it could honestly just be the stress of being at home and having to be mommy mommy and wifey and uh, boss chick of the year (laughs) 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 because you have to do it all and everybody just so happened to be at home with you you know, so it's kind of like I, I understand that stuff can happen. And I do not have a problem with tapping one of my boss friends on the shoulder. And I'm like, hey, girl, hey, Mm-mm, dial it back. Bring it back. And then they're like, OK, you know what? I didn't even realize thats that was what I was giving off, you know? No,
1: you would have tapped me on the shoulder and been like, are we going to take our earrings off? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we need <laughs> I'm telling you, Exactly. Then this. You know it. You know,
0: listen, that's People exactly will play. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Listen. Did you know about the time but it's I told cool that me. you looked out there? Yeah, yeah. What you, what you, happened? You remember when I told you, you about, me? about the time I, <laughs> I tell you so much about the time that I told you about um when I was in my in my boss mode, entrepreneur mode and I was working for this really great great global company. And it was like my first time in a long time having a female um mm, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never forget when she didn't like the way I, I wrote an email and didn't run it by her. Mm-hmm. And she turns around and pulls out my resume and was like, yeah, so I want the person who wrote this resume. That's who I want to run emails by me. <laughs> and listen, okay. that um, was a... That was a take your earrings off moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh say goodness. what now? All I did was respond to an email and you were mad that it didn't have all the commas that you wanted it to have.
1: <laughs> oh my like,
0: It would be totally different if I responded to the email in all caps and exclamation marks like she did a lot of times. Uh-huh. <laughs> And oh my god yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I'm like okay who should be coaching who on an email <laughs> and I'm right. like seriously so it's like little stuff like that people don't realize that they're unconsciously but sometimes consciously insulting you so and yeah. they'll do it in a in a virtual virtual environment and sometimes they'll do it straight to your face so sometimes you do have to kind of tap your friend's shoulder I could I could feel you with me man and spirit. <laughs> like what are we
1: gonna do what do you need me to do right now (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation about women working with women us like looking out for each other Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i feel like sometimes sometimes we don't do a good job at supporting each other in
1: business period and i've been guilty of it too Mm -hmm. listen me i think i think it's an i think if you deal with any insecurity which is going to be most women but um, you have to you'll have to check yourself constantly you do or before you know it you're playing some of the same games and sometimes it's initiated by the other person and then you fall into it mm-hmm. um, or sometimes like you said unconsciously you didn't even realize that you just kind of halfway you gave a backhanded compliment or you yeah. kind of insulted someone a little bit Not me, to, and yeah. now now you're playing the game and it's never ending like you know we take this step to the grave yes
0: <laughs> yes okay we really hold grudges unfortunately and we gotta work on that but <laughs> That is something we, that is something that we have to continue to work on. Like, we just, we have to be more supportive of each other. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's okay if some of us are doing the same thing with our business. Like, it's okay to have competition. Wouldn't you rather your competition be be someone who looks like you? Like, hey, it's just another woman doing the same thing. We both had the same great idea. So let's figure out a way to support each other. You know, like, I, I'll never forget. That sounds
1: easy, too, but that's you something do. you have to kind of, mm-hmm. you have to learn that, that that's okay.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. I'll never forget when I first got in the insurance industry and um, probably like year or two. And I decided to have this networking event and I invited other insurance agents. Um, and it was going to be like people from my network, my friends and then a lot of people that I didn't know. And I invited other insurance agents. And I'll never forget the young lady calling me and she said. Um, are you sure that you want to invite me to your event because I mean we do the same thing and you you want me to be around your network? I said, well, listen, yeah, we may do the same thing, but we're not going to have the same products, the same solutions there There's a big differentiator on everything that um, you do and everything that I do my my insurance policy may be a little bit different. Like I may be selling an index universal life that's only for the wealthy and people who really want to use that as like a tax vehicle. and you may only be doing term life insurance where it's just all about people who have a budget. i I don't really care about any of that. I feel like it's enough it's enough money out here for all of us to get it. and i I care about what's best for the client overall. So if your policy, is a better fit for their life, their situation. Then it's okay. I'm okay with you. I'm okay with you. you. You meeting one of my connections and helping them. We all. It's it's all about the greater good overall. Like I just want people to be insured at the end of the day. That's all I. That's all I really cared about in the moment. Right. But I just thought it was so interesting that she thought it was so weird that I was willing to let her come around my network. You know, it's if you interesting. point where
1: you are nervous about competition, like at that level, mm-hmm. um, so then you got to look around and see like how broad your own network is. And, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just a little, you know, red flag that you need to get out there because mm-hmm. you should, there should, there's no, there's just too much money to be made. There's too much money in circulation for that to be a concern, but I have been there and that's why I know it's a thing. And I know that it can happen to anyone. And you Mm -hmm. could be the, have the best intentions and still be nervous about that. Mm -hmm. It seems, means you, even if you go out of town a little bit, you know, just, and I think you really pushed me to do that too. Yep. Like get out of, get out of that small town and do business in other places. Yeah. And, um, and that's been really helpful for me. And I think that's, what's helped me with some insecurities is being able to, um, fish outside of my own small pond, you know, get out there and, and do some, some big net fishing, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is what I've been able to do.
0: Definitely, definitely. So I just want to kind of clarify what it is um, that you do in the nonprofit work um, space that you're in. So what do you specifically do for the nonprofits um, that come on as your client?
1: Well, so most recently, most of the people who bring us on is to get the word out about what they do. Um, And we're doing that through social media management, through um, annual reports. We not only design the reports, we write the copy for the reports, We create the graphs. Um, let's see, what are some other things that we're doing? Oh, rebranding completely. Um, we did as simple as, you know, the corporate identity package all the way to um, um, just completely redoing everything in the website. So that's the marketing side of it. But we also do press releases. We do flyers. We translate flyers um, so that you can reach um, more than just the, your English-speaking demographic. And if you've never thought about reaching out to um, your Spanish speaking demographic, we can help you get started in that. And do I speak Spanish? No, but I care about getting, I care about getting, um, getting missions out there. I I feel like when you're there and your, your entire existence is to serve your community, then everyone needs to know about you and needs to understand that you're a resource and needs to know how to, to um, access the resources that you're making available. So that's what we do. And so it's, it makes it seem like it's a lot. It could be events. We've done a lot of events, a lot of fundraising events. And then we work on the giving side of it, too, as you know, mm-hmm. um, managing corporate giving for um, the local Mercedes dealership um, and, and the owner who we handle his philanthropy. But um, also we've worked with a foundation in another city for a couple of years. We just took on another foundation um, a month ago. So attorney working on the others. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maternity what? There's no such thing as maternity leave. But for me, for me, there's not. Um, matter of fact, my team, they just started ignoring me at eight, my C-section was scheduled for 830 a.m. At eight o'clock, I was like, I have 30 minutes. Um, I need to get this graphic approved. I was texting people like, please, why won't you respond to me? It's Because they just decided like, no. We're She has a problem and we're going to help her by ignoring her. I was in the bed about to be wheeled, uh, rolled in from my spinal tap. And I was I was texting my office manager like, hey, check out this graphic I did in Adobe Spark. What do you think about it? So, yeah, I have I have a big problem. But we, we'll do whatever it takes. And And for us, we still feel like it's about the kids. We still feel like it's about getting resources out there to families. If we make the community better, that means we're making the families better. That means that we are impacting children, even if it's indirectly. So even from the very beginning, working in corporate childcare to now we're working with foundations, um, corporations that give, um, and and a Black History Museum, it still is about um, that very first why, you know, and that's about Mm -hmm. the kids and, and making a better future for the next generation is still what it's about for us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. I am just so happy that you joined us at the circle today. This has been Glad such great dialogue, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to help a lot of uh, women, entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs, especially if you are considering starting a nonprofit or a type of business where you actually provide a service to the nonprofit industry as well. So, um. Tell everybody where they can find you, Precious.
1: You and your business. BFC me. So it's BFC. I always say boyfriend Charlie. I don't know if that's really the way <laughs> you're supposed to break those letters down, but it's BFCmanagement.com. Um, we also have an Instagram account that's just at BFC Management and then we're on Facebook.com slash BFC Management. Everywhere I am, it's Precious Freeman, P R E C F R E M A N. I don't ever update my actual. Instagram feed but sometimes I put stories I'm obsessed with gowns right now have you noticed that on my stories I don't know if you yes noticed yes I, I will share it. the fashions with you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um management and Press freeman that's what, how you can find me
0: I love it love it love it thank you so much this was just really great um and thank you so much again for coming to the
1: circle yes thank you for having me and um I'm going to have to call you because now I'm missing our long conversation.
0: Yes, I know, friend. (laughs) Yes, this is my boss friend, the original boss friend, Frances Freeman. I didn't
1: even know that until today. I'm so (laughs) honored.
0: I love it. I love it. Join us for next week's episode where you'll get to meet one of my boss friends, And head over for our Q&A on My Boss Circle TV at mybosscircle.com, our Facebook group, and on our YouTube channel.